What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam, who gives a damn about the NBA All-Star Game, Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky-ass hijinks, and analysis presented by the Pigskin Podcast Network. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, it's going very well. Thank you for asking. You're always so kind to me. Very kind. Appreciate you having me here today. Of course. Thank you for coming to your house to do yes. the, to do the uh, the show today. Yep, yep, yep. We got we got potentially some things to talk about. I hope since we've sat down in front of this microphone today, I'd like to start off by addressing this All Star Game situation <laughs> that you mentioned in my name, Graham. <laughs> so I'll preface all of this by saying I did not watch a single minute of the skills competition or the all-star game. But I heard terrible things. Heard it was just uncompetitive. Yeah. Obviously, the players aren't caring about anything. No. And it's been brought up this week that really baseball is the only good all-star game anymore. Maybe hockey. I don't know about hockey. Hockey usually has a good all-star game. But it's like with baseball, you can't like half-ass going up against a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. No. And people aren't going like I think the only time I've ever seen really like a gimme in an All Star game was I think Cal Ripken's last All Star game. Someone threw him like a fat one down the middle, and he and he hit a home run. Yeah, you know. But but for the most part, it's worth watching. Yes, and that's only going to happen in very special <coughs> scenarios. Now sometimes the All Star game is uncompetitive, but that's just because you know one side just goes on. It seems like there's always an inning in an, all, in an MLB All Star game where just the American League usually. Has like a four or five run inning, and then it's a, it's ball game. But yeah, it's it. I would totally agree that the MLB All Star Game is, you know, out of NFL, out of the sports we care about. Adam, not to throw shade on hockey. I like hockey, but we don't have a hockey team anymore, unfortunately. MLB, NFL, NBA, MLB is clearly the best All Star Game. I mean, I watched a minute of the Pro Bowl maybe when I was channel surfing on the Pro Bowl Sunday. And I was like, they're not even tackling. Yeah, it was tackling. it like two-hand touch? two-hand touch. It's been two-hand touch for a few years, but I always forget that because the Pro Bowl is so forgettable. And then you see that, and you're just like, I am just completely removed from this, even more so than I usually am. And the Pro Bowl has always been bullshit, but now it's now it's just not even worth playing. Yeah, it's by far the worst. I, I guess the whole, maybe some people watch it. I don't know. Like They must make some money off of it they if have they to, do it. Or else they wouldn't play it anymore. I mean, I think a lot of the players don't really want to go that badly. It's like, especially since like, all the players in the Super Bowl, which would be a lot of pro bowlers, they're not in this game. So it's like a bunch of replacement players and all that. Well, like, yeah, well, it used to be the pro bowl was the week after the Super Bowl. And then they, I don't know when it was, I think it was 10 years ago or something, they switched it and made it the week before. I'm not sure why. I think you want to capitalize off the popularity of the Super Bowl. You know, the Super Bowl winner gets to play. You know, obviously there'd be at least a few players there to play from the Super Bowl champion or the runner up. I don't two know. Best teams in the league. I think you could do it differently. Maybe you do it like preseason, as players are getting warmed up. Like there, and there's actually going to be like we need to play some real football. Let's do the Pro Bowl game, like week one of preseason. I mean, that's a better idea. But even that, they still want to be in full tilt because they don't want to hurt anybody. Week four of preseason. Still, the same rules apply. The season's coming up. You don't want to get hurt before the season. Um, there's no good way to do it. There really is no good way to do it. I've always been in favor of, in terms of the Pro Bowl, you know, if you have to make those selections, say the fans vote or however they do it, it's declared that, you know, it's sort of like how college basketball does it. Someone's all ACC. Someone's, um, you know, first team all ACC or first team all America. Just do that. 
yeah. say these are the best players at these positions. All they already do it with all pros when they vote and they say this player that was an all pro wide receiver this year, for example. Just do that, and then say here are the all pros. Here are the here's the second you know team or whatever behind the all pros, and leave it at that, and it's done. Mm-hmm. And then who gives a shit about this, this game that means nothing to nobody? Well, with the, with the NBA, like the Saturday Skills Challenge used to be like must watch oh, TV, yeah. especially point. the dunk contest. The I think the three point contest. contest is still pretty entertaining. Yeah, it's still fine. But like Trey made it to the second, or he, he, he made was a runner up, made it to the finals. Lost to Carl Anthony Towns, but yeah, the, the dunk contest is is terrible now. It hasn't been really good since Aaron Gordon. Well, it sounds like. Part of the issue is like everything's been done, and then also they get so many attempts. So like back in the day, you'd get like people would be doing the dunks on like the first or second one, but now it's like keep going until you can get it, and it's just like really loses all the luster. Well, there's a period of time where it was like you had to do it, and there was and there wasn't a shot clock, and they put a shot clock in. So if you didn't make it, you would. You know, lose your turn, and I think they got rid of the shot clock recently. And you can do it as many times as you want now, which I don't think is good. I think you should put forty-five seconds on there, and if you can't get it down at that point, then it's done. It's also the caliber of player that they're getting to participate in the slam dunk competition. You know, I always dreamed of, like, especially when LeBron was younger. How great would it I be? I can't believe LeBron he's never did. done it. I know he's always, you know, he's always being compared to Jordan and and things like that. There's that endless debate that is just such bullshit to get into. Um, because it's like they're both two of the greatest players, so why are we, you know, haggling over who's the best? It's like who gives a damn. Um, but anyway, like I've always wanted to see LeBron and the, the slam dunk competition. I, I hoped every year. I was like, is this the year he's finally gonna do it? He never did it. And it's like that's like the only thing he hasn't really accomplished. Yeah. Not that it matters that much, but it's the spectacle of it all. I mean, I remember those two three year the two three year run of when Aaron Gordon was in the slam dunk competition really bought, brought it back to prominence where he was doing things we'd never seen before. Um, his his dunks behind the back dunks through the leg three sixties over a mascot. He was doing crazy stuff. I remember there was this one dunk he did where like he grabbed it from a mascot who was spinning in a circle, threw it behind his like basically passed it to himself behind the back and dunked it. Over his head or something, wow. reverse style. I wow. know I did a horrible job of explaining that. But great you look up, radio. Look up the Aaron Gordon slam dunk highlight reel on YouTube. It's phenomenal. I remember watching that and just being blown away by it. I was like, a slam dunk competition is back. Now I've, it is gone. I've been sitting here chuckling, thinking about John Collins when he did it a few years ago and wearing uh, yeah. the wearing the stupid uh, like old timey airplane goggles, jumping over that little model plane, and then he yeah. <laughs> didn't even make it all the way. Like yeah, yeah, bro- yeah. broke the plane. I something. forgot about that. Yeah, it's so silly. I think he was a, 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 a doormat to Aaron Gordon's championship. That yeah, year, he was there for yeah. that year. Yeah, and I thought he'd do great, but you know, got a little too creative. I think the point we're trying to make here is that all star stuff. I would say, yeah, MOB still does it right, and they made the home run derby. A million times better with the time limits and the rounds and the way that's constructed now. I, I Home Run Derby is must must watch TV every single year now. Well, Graham's phenomenal. Yeah, that that seems like a good segue. That's something that MLB's done correctly. <laughs> but one thing they're not doing well right now is uh, negotiating. No, and uh, and there probably won't be a home run derby this year. There may not be. So since we last talked to you, the the 
Major League Baseball has told the Players Association that they have until Monday the 28th to come to a, an agreement or games will be canceled. And not only will games be canceled, they won't be made up. And so we'll start losing games. So that's for, you know, all the idiots out there who bought their moms, you know, opening weekend tickets against the Reds might not be able to go to those games with their moms. Here's good news like me. with their bobs. <laughs> uh, well, here's the good news, though, Graham. You can transfer those tickets and get some of the best seats in the house at Cool Ray Stadium. Go to Gwinnett Stripers game. I don't think my mom's going to drive uh, six and a half hours to go to Gwinnett Stripers game. Oh, come on. There, there's a great uh, bar slash club called Club Parma. That existed back when I worked there in 2012. It was like serve Italian food or something. It was like an Italian restaurant yeah. during the day, and then at 9 p.m. they would kick all the tables to the side, and it would become some really silly, ridiculous dance club. Classic. That me, Wanderado, and Brantley Brooks would hang out at a lot, along with Tom Calouette. Man, so That's a Motley Crew right there. Your mom might dig Club Parma. She might. She might love it. Maybe yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say, hey, I know. That those really great third baseline seats not gonna be available, but we could we could we could go to Club Parma instead and watch some really <laughs> shitty baseball. But we might be able to see Michael Harris. No, I'm telling you, like, I I can't go a whole year without watching baseball. Like I'm either gonna have to get into college baseball, or when Clemson has a good team, I could possibly do that. Watch them when they come play Georgia Tech, something like that, or go to a Stripers game. Why not? You can. It's just, it's going to be like going to the damn, uh, what was that pro football league that lasted less than a season with the Atlanta Legends? Oh, the AAF. And that, that was a great memory. Lifetime memory. Well, yeah, it was terrible football, though. Yeah, it was It was a bad that's, game. That's the point. No, there's, there's some good baseball in the minor I'm not leagues. saying there is. I'm just saying compared to what you're emotionally invested in, compared to like the quality of play that you're used to, it's just, it's just not going to be the same. I wonder saying. how it works, though. And this is something we could easily look up, but I'm not going to, like... Since the minor league season is happening, can it just be nobody on a major league, like, 40 roster? Like, why can't Ronald Acuna Jr. just go get some games in, in the, with the Stripers? I guess he could, but then you have to— Well, we don't know. Well, the problem is, I think, that that would happen. Then they're getting paid. Well, more importantly, that would use one of his options. I guess, yeah. He would literally have to be sent back down, and they yeah. can't have him talk to the players or whatever it is. I don't know. But I think the big thing is that, and we have until Monday, the two sides have been meeting every day this week till like about 4.45, 4.30 Eastern, um, I think in Florida. I see daily videos of Max Scherzer getting out of his Porsche, and people are freaking out about that. I was like, who cares what he drives? He's a fucking multimillionaire. He can do whatever he wants. The only thing I care about is finding some sort of agreement. Seems um, like they're far apart. They're far apart, and when the... Uh, when, when it came out where, where baseball said, you know, games will be lost, you know, if we don't agree to something by, by Monday, the players union retorted and said that, you know, if that happens, we will not agree to playoff expansion. So the whole thing was going to be 14 team playoffs, seven in each league would be uh, dead. So it's really gotten to the point, Adam, where we're in a desperate scenario here. There's all these issues about, you know, the minimum amount of uh, how much money players who haven't gone to arbitration are being paid, the minimum average salaries. I think they call it the CBT, collective bargaining tax. There's a number of other things that are way above our pay grade. 
um, that are also being discussed that it's, it just seems like they're so far apart, no one's budging, and we will not have baseball in time. It's hard to be optimistic in this scenario. Um, even though I know this is a show that's derived around optimism, sure. Being an Atlanta sports show, yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem like we're gonna we are gonna lose games. We might lose the season. Yeah, it's tough to say because whenever there's a deadline set, like there's a deadline set for the shortened 2020 season, and they took it like right up to the deadline. So maybe that's gonna happen again. Like I've heard, like Max Scherzer is gonna lose like. It's something ridiculous, like $220,000 for every game that is not played this year. So, like, there's incentives on both sides to make this happen. Oh, yeah. It's uh, just one of those things where it's like, I think why the owners said that is because it, it, it brings that to the forefront, right? Where you're saying, basically, yeah, you're going to lose $220,000 a day or other, you know, whatever your salary is, right? You're going to be losing a lot of money per per game that you would, you would normally be earning. So, does that make... I think they're doing that to try and make the players crack and say, we can't afford to do this. Or can they? Will they hold out? I don't know. And just say, fuck it. We don't care. We want to get what we want. Um, and I guess we'll just have to wait and see. They're doing it. this for the future. I mean, I totally get it with um, minor league baseball players and how yes. little they get paid. Well, they yeah, they're it's, it's just garbage. I mean, you hear stories about how minor league players are being – uh, you know, bust around and sleeping in, um, you know, Motel 6s, living in a Motel 6, literally. Um, and well, like, it's their you know, horrible like living. Six, con- seven players in a room, like, it, it's it's bad. Right, or they live in a house and it's like, yeah, and it's like seven, eight people live with each other, um, you know, and they're just not paid a living wage, and yet they could be called up anytime, and there's the, the disparity between what minor league players are, are paid versus major league players, even if you're on a minimum salary. It's just insane. Yeah, and so I, th- I think that's part of these negotiations as well. So that's, like, people always make the argument it's millionaires versus billionaires, like, figure it out. But, like, you're also dealing with these minor, like, these minor league players are a part of it, a part of the process. And, like, that's a legitimate qual. Yeah, which is interesting because the minor league players aren't a part, formally, of the players' union. But they're, they're negotiating something about, like, how many times you can be optioned to the minor yes, leagues. Yes, they're talking about that. Which... Like just getting to the ma- getting to the major league roster like for a few days makes such such a huge difference sure. for some players. Sure, and they're also talking about like I mentioned, you know, pain, letting people get to arbitration faster, which would then let them get to free agency faster. Yeah, which makes sense. I think the points that the players are bringing up that I understand are mostly you know fine. It's just there's it's just funny because they. They, they kowtowed to the owners years ago and lost all this shit. And now they're like, you took this away from us. We want it back, even though we agreed you could take it from us. And it's like, why did you let them take it away in the first place? Talking about in 2020? Or it was even earlier than that. Okay. There's like some negotiation in 2014, I think, or yeah. 16, where they were like, oh, yeah, you know, whatever. We'll give up this revenue. And now they're like, we want the revenue back. And it's like, why did you give it up? You know what they say. Once uh, you give up power, you generally don't get it back, Graham. Right. So now I think the players have screwed themselves by – not sort of doing this sooner, you know, years ago when they had the opportunity to to hold on to what they have or get more than what they, uh, whether they're wrong. we all I'm trying to say they they I think they they failed to negotiate well in 2016. Now now it's biting them in the ass or whatever the year was they had the last almost strike slash lockout, which it's all the all the better that we won the World Series this year because like it would be painful Ugh. to be that close 
and like know you had you have a really good team coming back that you could win the World Series this year, but not get the opportunity. Yeah, imagine so losing. We don't have to worry about that. Yeah, we don't have to worry about that. If if it comes down to it, the Braves are the last World Series champions for the foreseeable future. Then you know, if you have to go out that way, you have to go out that way. I'm sure we'll have baseball at some point. It's not like this will be indefinite, but it is frustrating, especially in a sport that is waning continually in popularity. Well, I feel um, like it's been surging. Like they're going to lose so many fans. Like, well, I think they've already lost a, a lot of fans, and they'll lose. They'll continue to lose more. I mean, you look at the ratings compared to the NFL or the NBA, and it'll be sorely, you know, lags behind. I mean, it was interesting watching and listening to sort of uh, bigger talk shows, national talk shows and things like that during the Braves uh, World Series run, because I was like, what does the national media think? Are they going to give us our props? And they were, and you know, it was funny was, you know, the national media doesn't even treat baseball like it's really that relevant anymore. It's it's the this the redheaded stepchild. And I, it was interesting. Um, you know, that was the vibe I got when people were talking about it. They talk about it, but it wasn't like the same crazy back and forth that you see with NFL or NBA discussions. And it was really exemplified on, on Dan Patrick the day after the Braves won. And he was like, you know what, it's good for the Braves, you know, the, they, they – it was a, it was a fun World Series. I enjoyed watching it, but you know the thing is, is that just it's just not as relevant, and no one. And it's like it's great for Atlanta. Atlanta is going crazy right now, and Houston had a good run. I'm I'm sure you know the. And he's like the ratings were fine on, in those cities, but everywhere else, it's like no one cares. No one cares about baseball really nationally anymore. Like you're just not going to see those numbers like you used to, yeah. especially like the '90s, '80s, even the early 2000s. Well, there's. You know. There were fewer things to watch on TV back then as well. That's true, but I'm just saying you compare it to the other sports. Baseball yeah. used to be king. Now it is it is subpar. I, I don't know how the World Series is supposed to compete with the Tinder Swindler on Netflix, Graham. It's tough. If you if you don't live in those cities, you're probably going to watch the Tinder, the Tinder Swindler. Swindler. Right. Or Love Tiger, is Blind. Or Tiger King. Or Tiger King, yeah. yeah. So only Netflix. The only Netflix is the only thing you can watch. Well, yeah, th- yeah. that's the thing. There's, so, there's too many options. <laughs> yeah, there are too many options. But it is funny just how, in terms of sports, like Amazon Prime spent, um, or Amazon in general, spent just, like, what, $500 million, bazillion dollars or something, some exorbitant amount of money to control Thursday Night Football. They're offering Troy Aikman an $18 million a year salary to, to jump ship from Fox to, to Amazon. You don't see things like that happen, happening in, uh, with baseball on a national level where these, these huge, gigantic TV deals are happening. You see the ratings, and it's like the number, you know, baseball tonight, or not baseball tonight, but like Sunday night baseball is never like the, a, a top ratings getter. NFL Sunday night football, though, is every single week. And it's like, it's just interesting how the sport has fallen um, in terms of popularity, no matter how you look at it. We'll see what happens with this baseball stuff, man. It's just scary. It's just it's just further degrading the game. Um, and I hope they come to an agreement soon. Selfishly for us, as fans, but I mean, yeah, man, it's, it's everybody wants to get back to baseball. The yeah. owners and the and the players. It's not like you know they don't want to play. It's just so. I might have said this last week, but it's just like a couple of years ago. You understand it. COVID's happening. No one knows what's going on in the world. Right. Like. We have, like, that's not the issue right now. Like, No. Obviously, COVID still exists, but we're living with it. Right. It would not stop baseball from happening, no. and now it's just something that's between the teams and the owners is going to lose so much goodwill. Yeah, and what's really frustrating is that, you know, you had plenty of time to negotiate things. I mean, we knew when the collective bargaining agreement was done, there was really no negotiations before 
the lockout really that, that ever went anywhere. And now you, now you're you're playing catch up, and you're but you're really just running on a treadmill still, which is which is frustrating. Which brings us, Adam, to another situation that's very similar to what's going on in baseball, you know, nationally with the lockout, but also brings up Freddie Freeman again. Um, apparently, the consensus, according to whatever, this is a lot of rumors and hearsay, yeah, I think right? This but is bullshit. We, we should bring it up. Uh, apparently, the consensus in the industry, according to I think Rosenthal or Jason Stark, one of the big baseball writers, is that uh, Freddie Freeman will not return to the Braves. And um, yeah, it, it's, it seems like it's much more likely whenever baseball does resume that he will pick another team to play with, and that um, it's certainly. The, the tides have shifted, according to the writers. But Based on what? Based on what? Based on conjecture. So nothing? Sources. Unnamed sources. Sources where the teams and players cannot currently negotiate. So it's just like they're going to like other owners or GMs or something and be like, what do you think about Freddie? I don't know what they're doing. Oh, I think Freddie's going to leave the Braves now. Yeah. I have nothing to write about right now because exactly. there's a lockout. Right. So oh, we need a big headline. That's probably what it oh, is. Oh, how about this? This guy said it. He's a source. No, it's nonsense. Well, I'll say this. I think regardless of... What I mean, it might, it might be true, but like, it's not based on anything. Well, it's not based on anything that's really tangible other than the sources, the unnamed sources. As we've learned, you can write anything, of and course. it doesn't matter. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean it's true. I'm calling him out. If this is wrong, yeah. I'm going to do, from the Atlanta Zone Twitter handle... Call out. A call out. Of Jason either, Stark. Yes. Find out who wrote the article first. Before I just want him out. to apologize. Okay. Um... So we'll, we'll we'll see if that apology happens if indeed Freddie returns to the Braves. But I think it's, I would say also based off what Chipper said, I think we can trust Chipper a little more than Jason Stark. That I think the chances of of losing Freddie are higher than they've ever been. I'm not saying it's a done deal that he goes somewhere else, but um, yeah, I, I think it's fifty one forty nine that he stays. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, that they said is in this article is that the Braves offered five years, one hundred thirty-five million. Freddie wants a sixth year, which we've been hearing forever about the difference between a fifth and a sixth year. Who knows? Wouldn't the five, the what we offered? I think that would make him the highest paid first baseman in the league. I agree because I think the Goldschmidt deal was five years, one hundred thirty, so five million dollars. You can't like blame the organization too much if we offered to make him the highest paid first baseman in the game. Well, if he wants that extra year. And he's a much better first baseman. Get off this extra year thing, Freddie. Five years is a big contract to give a, what's he, 32? He would be 30. He's, he's about 32. To be, I think he's 32 now. Yeah. yeah. So you'd Five be 37. Five years, that's a big commitment. Yeah. I'm fine with that offer. I would be fine front-loading a deal and saying you're going to make $30 million a year for the first three years and then maybe $20 million Use that World two. Series money? Yeah. Say front load it. Hell, make the first two years thirty five. I don't care. Like I just, I feel like there's no salary cap. There's no salary cap. Just use the beer sales from the World Series. You can use the amount of liquor I bought at the damn NLCS for Christ's <laughs> sake. The Graham Waldrop tab. Yeah, the like Graham Waldrop tab to pay Freddie. Um, at least a chunk of it. I, it's really getting exhausting to me as a sports fan, especially in these dark times of February, to just be like baseball lockout. No one knows what's happening with Freddie. Yeah. Um, the Hawks suck or are mediocre. Um, you know, it's just like, God. It's a real ball buster that we didn't get the deal done before the lockout because who? I mean, it could be another year we're still talking about. 
Are Friday gonna come back? And you know what's gonna be crazy? Well, then he's too old. Well, then he's gone. Yeah. Then he's officially like if he if we don't get him like let's say there's there's the lockout, you know there's no baseball season. Then then it's over, I think with Freddie 100 percent because he's gonna still want that amount of money. He's gonna be another year older, and we're not gonna want to give it to him. No, nah, it's fine. I just want it to be over with one way or the other. Yeah, I'd like I, to. I want like to know. I'd like to know. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying I want to move on from Freddie. I understand. I want to move on from the story. I, I get it. I get it. It's, so it's it's a pain in the ass. I just want to know what our future is. Yeah, I totally. S- agree. It's still bright. Yeah, regardless, like we talked about. With or without Freddie. With or without Freddie, it's still... We've got a lot of good pieces. A lot of good pieces, a great core. Um, good ball club. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, you got Max Freed, Ozzy, Austin, Acuna. Um, you know, those guys are in tow. Um, and and you feel really good about that. You feel really good about Ian Anderson, you know. You, he, can, you can sell this thing. I mean, especially depending on what happens with Soler and Rosario. Yeah. But, like, subtracting Freddie, adding Ozuna and Acuna. Yeah, and potentially trading for a Matt Olson. Yeah. Who, you know, I was looking at. I started looking more into him because everybody says, Matt Olson, Matt Olson. I'm like, I haven't really heard of Matt Olson that much, even though I know he's a quality first baseman. But Well, he's in Oakland. He's in Oakland, exactly. But he had a great season last year at a 5.1 war. A 940 slugging percentage and hit 39 home runs. Um, you know, and he's only 27. He's an Atlanta native. Went to Parkview High School. He's been a little inconsistent with his hitting over the course of his career, um, and his on base percentage is not as high as as Freddie's, but the the power's there, and uh, he's becoming a better hitter, and his on base percentage is going up, and and you know. Slugging, you know, 940 is no, no joke, and 39 home runs is no joke, and 5.1 war shows that you're also a solid defensive player as well. So he, he's, he's certainly, if we lose Freddie, the, the heir apparent. It's just who do you have to give up to to get him, right? You have to give up a Michael Harris. You have to give up a Shea Langoliers, two guys who are critical to the growth of your franchise. I don't know. Good news is we've got, like, Contreras is also another huge catching prospect. You could definitely so, move him. Yeah, I, th- I think definitely look for him to be moved, and I, th- I would think we'd want to hold on to Langoliers. I would like to get rid of Waters. I think if you're going to trade well, anybody. his stock isn't high right now. No, but you could spin it in a way that he's still young. He's a freak athlete. He, he doesn't have great plate discipline um, in the minor leagues so far, but you could say that you know he's young and... You know our outfield stock with you know we we want to go with Harris as opposed yeah. to Waters. You don't want to tell that to the fucking you know yeah. trade partner, but that's that's they're going to want Harris. I think Harris is our number one overall prospect right now. So yeah, I say him and Langoliers are the two best prospects you have for sure. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out whenever we get back to baseball. But God, if you couldn't tell, we really miss baseball. Yeah, I would like to. We can't like we had plenty to talk about this week. But if another week goes by, nothing, nothing new. Yeah, the only thing we'll say is like we're starting to lose baseball games. It's not going to be a full season. Yeah, yeah. Freddie Freeman's still unsigned. <laughs> Take a drink every time you hear that on this show. Yeah, we'll see how it goes, Graham. We'll yeah. see how it goes. All right, let's take a quick break to uh, hear a nice word from our friends from DraftKings. Hoops fans. The latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers could bet just $1 on any team 
and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. All right, guys, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. If any sport that's in season is on DraftKings. That can be NASCAR, NBA, college basketball, eSports, PGA, whatever it is. If it's in season, it's on DraftKings. So everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. And DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for the full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NEW-YORK. That is H-O-P-E-N-Y. Or text HOPENY, 467369. All right, Adam, it's Hawks time. Hawks time. Hawks are back in action from the All-Star break. Score! Welcome back, Mr. Hawk. We hope you can provide us with four quarters of defense. Maybe that's what's been missing from the Hawks' defense. Mr. Hawk has not been as reliable as he was last year. No. Usually every Hawks segment, he was squawking away at the beginning. So excited. And then would sit on his perch quietly and listen to our, our analysis. And he, I think he showed up maybe one time this entire season. And the whole season's just been a drag. Yeah. And I think it's because Mr. Hawk has been lacking on his duties a little bit. Well, I mean, that's great to see that he just showed up on his own accord tonight. I think he realized that he was needed. I think it bodes well because, yeah. I mean, the Hawks have a a big stretch of tough games here that really they have to do well. They can't come out flat. Yeah, I know it starts with Chicago tonight. I think it's at Chicago as well, so it won't be a, uh, it'll be a tough way to start out of the break. I think Chicago is the number two seed in the East. They've certainly played us hard this year, and... Um, yeah, I mean, the thing that's crazy about the, the All-Star break is, uh, you know, like we talked about last week, it's like, you know, a lot of times people see the All-Star break as a halfway point, but it's never really the case, even in the MLB. It's like, majority of the games have been played. We have like 24, what, 24, 25 games left to really get our shit together, which we've been asking for the whole damn season. Yeah, you start with at the Bulls, then the Raptors are at the Hawks on Saturday, and then we're at the Celtics. And then we're at the Bulls. All, all of those teams, well, no, sorry, the Bulls are at home for the Hawks. That's State Farm, Graham. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, those are the four, first four games, and all four of those teams are ahead of the Hawks in the standings right, right now. Right, You know, we'll see how the Hawks respond out of the break. I think it was encouraging going into the break that they, you know, did not lay an egg and came out and beat the Magic down by, like, 20 points or whatever. It was, it was, a, it was a throttling. It was exactly what you needed to do. They played, like, a real basketball team. I think in back-to-back games, I think they they beat Cleveland before that, who had a very surprisingly good season this year, and they crushed the Magic, who have sucked all year. So very encouraging. You hope that momentum can carry over into uh, this portion of the season. And, um, you know, I think we'll get a good indicator over these next four games as to where the Hawks' mindset is. 
So we are five games behind the Celtics for the sixth seed. And six seeds where you want to get. Ideally. That's in this gonna, scenario. That's going to be tough. The thing is, though, that it really sucks um, that you, you, you see the talent on this team. We've talked about it ad nauseum. But it's like my, my fear is that the Hawks have dug too much of, of, of a hole for themselves at this point to get to that sixth seed unless Boston really starts falling apart. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough to, to, to catch them because you don't really get a chance. You know, I think we, well, we played Boston maybe twice. I know we at least played them once in the second half of the season, but it's not like you have a bunch of head-to-head games against Boston where you can really take advantage of that. It's like you're going to need to get some help um, from the Celtics in terms of them shooting themselves in the foot a bunch in order for you to um, eclipse them in the standings. So, And for the record, because I've never actually looked this up until just this instant, mm-hmm. the play-in tournament, single elimination games. Yeah. That's brutal. Yeah. That's, Mark, what, that's what you get. That's for, exciting. March Madness. Yeah. That's what you get. That's what you get for, you know, I mean, it's ridiculous. How many teams are in the conference, the, the, the Eastern and Western Conference? 15. You're saying 10 out of the 15 teams get to say they went to the playoffs in a season. I think that's crazy to me. Participation trophies, Graham. I mean, the NBA has always had more teams than the other two leagues. The NFL is kind of getting up there because they had seven this year, but. And baseball had that one year, you know, in the 2020 season. It's like everyone and their mom got in the playoffs. Um, and they're even going to get it to seven. It's just like, I don't know. It's too much. Ten, though? Ten? You're about to be old man yelling at the yeah, A little bit. Because yeah. I think ten is crazy. And the playing game's bullshit. The number one seed is always overwhelming the, the, the eight. Um, or whatever. The nine, Whoever will win that play that playing game. They always they always kill whoever, um, you know, is... is, is the team they play in the first round. So it, it's just, I think it's just a waste of time. I mean, I remember when that happened, when it was like Steph versus LeBron last year. And I can't remember who won, but whoever won got absolutely slaughtered um, in the in the round of the playoffs they actually played in. And it was like, who, this playing game is bullshit. Whereas with baseball, you know, we've seen the wild card, winners of the wild card game go on runs, sometimes win the World Series. There's no chance of that ever happening in the NBA. It's just, it's, a, it's an absolutely stupid add-on to the playoff system, I it, think. It always comes back to baseball, Graham. We just miss baseball. We just miss baseball. That's the brass tacks. Please figure it out, baseball. But, yeah, so Hawks start tonight. We'll see what happens. We don't really have any further analysis on them. We, we've covered that. We made no moves at the trade deadline last week. So light Hawks report this week, but we'll have more to talk about next week as we see how these Hawks come into the uh, quote-unquote second half of the season. Yep. Got anything on the Falcons? Nothing on the Falcons. It's more Matt Ryan contract. A lot talk. of people bitching about Matt Ryan's uh, contract, blaming him for his forty-eight million dollar cap hit this year when it's really not his fault. I so. still <laughs> my my goal for twenty twenty two now is to fully understand how the cap works because I was reading a really funny well it turned out to be funny because it's just like classic twitter mm-hmm. like some guy comes in so confident about how it's not actually the fact that he's making 48 million dollars this year it's that the team converted the salaries for each season to a signing bonus yes so he still made that amount of money each year but it was just like converted differently right 
So he's not actually making more money this year. I think he is making more money than he normally would. So and this is how the Twitter post went. So this guy, like this guy, because we had to refinance his deal, but it just got converted to signing bonus. So he still made the same money, but you just push. It's like an accounting tactic where you just right. push off when it's it actually off. hitting the books, right? Until later, right? So the the money's gone. Yeah. But now it's just counting against the cap, right? And now, so he's not making anything near forty-eight million dollars. He's making like twenty something, mm-hmm. according to this guy. But then the next guy on Twitter said he's completely wrong. Mm-hmm. That's bullshit. You have to sign a completely new contract. And it's like no, because he still made the money. Blah blah blah. So I don't fully understand what I said. Kind of makes sense, and I think that's what it is. That it just cons- gets converted to a signing bonus. Well, I know his deal is refinanced, and the details of that refinancing i'm not 100 percent on either well but regardless he was paid 20 like 4 million this year now it's now it will be 48 but he's not getting 48 million we won't pay him that no but it, that's how much he's counting against the cap yes right now <laughs> and if we trade him we will still be on the hook for this season, for a lot of that money, because they do that dead cap thing. Because we already paid him the cash for that. It's not just that. It's if you trade anybody, you're going to be on the on the hook for dead cap. So you're you're if the Falcons go into fire. That's why I keep saying this. If the Falcons go into fire sale mode this year, they will be absolutely anemic cap wise. Because if you trade Grady and Matt, that's just a shit ton of dead cap that you can't spend this year. It's going to count against you. Now it'll free you up for the 2023 season, which is great. But you have to be willing to bite the bullet and take the slap to the face, uh, whatever metaphor you want to use this year in order to actually be able to think about competing in future seasons. It's very complicated, Graham. It is. But I do know dead cap's a thing. Sure. And and if you trade somebody, you, you do take on a shit ton of, of money, and you just can't do anything with it. You know, I just think with this lull in... Baseball being locked out, football being over. Maybe we should just become experts on the cap. We could do our homework more on that. Yeah. And I'm probably on a lot of other things. I think we could do our homework separately and then come here and still argue about what is correct. Let's do that next week. That'd be that, kind that's of That's going to be a segment. Yeah. What is the salary cap and all its intricacies? We'll do separate research. Yes. And maybe this will be a good experiment. Maybe we'll come in on the exact same page. And just know everything. Mm-hmm. That that'd be like a good, like party conversation topic as well. It's like, yes. uh, what, what do you do? Don't worry about what I do. Let's talk salary. What cap. do you want to know about the salary <laughs> cap? Okay, that's more I'm, interesting. I'm, I'm a self-proclaimed capologist. Yeah. <laughs> so that'd be fun. We'll do that, Graham. Okay. Yeah, we need something to talk about next yeah. week. Unless uh, the lockout ends, then we're just talking baseball, right? And the crazy free agent signings that happen over the 48 hours after that happens. Of course. Well, Adam, I think this wraps up this episode of Atlanta Zone. Atlanta United start on Sunday, Greg. They're starting on Sunday. You're going to the I'm game. I'm going to the game. Yeah. I'm I, excited about I it. I chose not to go to the game. Just out of spite. Yeah, I just I just I was like, eh, I'm good. I think it'll be fun. That that place is never more electric than at a big Oh yeah, it's so much better. Beefy Atlanta United game. So much better. Every you know it's funny, it's like you know, I saw the Rolling Stones there in November. And it's like Every time I don't go to a Falcons game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, I have a good time. It's awesome. Yeah, it's such such a different 
environment, and it's so pathetic. Yeah. So it's my first major sporting event in a while, so I look forward to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably since you and I went to the uh, an ODS, that was probably your last big sporting event. Oh, yeah. Against the Brewers. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess that wasn't that long ago. Four months, though. Yeah. So can't believe you didn't go to those Falcons games with me. This this riveting team. So happy I didn't go to those <laughs> Falcons games. That would have been miserable. But yeah, you know maybe I'll get into the United. There's no baseball. Watch you become a big soccer fan and actually have something to contribute on the United front. I think I will have something to talk about. I could say with certainty, next week I will be able to say more than you about soccer. Okay. Okay. I might just watch the game so I can. I can match you. Yeah, you'd probably get more because the announcers are telling you stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. It's another competition we'll have. Salary cap and Atlanta United re- uh, coverage. Let's go. It's been been way too long since we've uh, discussed United. I think the last time we talked United was like September of last year. Like seriously talked United. Yeah. So we're we're long overdue, and now they're starting a new season, new coach. I don't know. Now the more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll, I'll be more into United this year. Yeah. Especially if there's no baseball, you better fucking believe I'm going to be watching a lot of Atlanta United. Exactly. This will become an Atlanta United show during the summer months. No one, people know where we stand. They do. No one would take us seriously. No. But at least we don't pretend to know what we're talking exactly. about. Exactly. What is, how does offsides work? Every other sport, still don't know. we pretend to know. Yeah. But not soccer. No. Can't, can't bullshit a bullshitter. Yeah, we're very upfront about that. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well. Until we see you again, rise up, chop on, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitality. Hospitality.